A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Two Black Guys with Good Credit is for us, by us, and we bend to the will of the people. Your voices have been heard, and as a result of your email request, we are doing the show you asked for. So you want to buy a house. Well, good for you. But to help us with this show, we enlisted Malibu slash Westside real estate specialist Tony Barsacchini to sit in and chop it up with us. So sit tight, pot up, and let's go. Big Sean, the people have spoken. We've touched on real estate before, but they want to know how to buy a house. Besides the requests from our listeners, why did you think this show was a good idea? This is my thing, real estate. This is where I've gotten my hustle, made my hustle, and lived by my hustle. Tony and I are going to chop it up. So who better not to bring in his west side, Tony, to help explain what mostly I know, and hopefully now you will know, and hopefully the lady with facts will know. So let's get this show started. All right. Well, we brought in, like he said, we brought in our man from the West Coast. We've done quite a few BK specialists. So yeah, it's time for the West Side to represent. And if you're tuning into Two Black Guys with Good Credit for the first time, you can find us on iTunes or Stitcher.com under Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Surprise, surprise. If you like what you hear, don't forget to leave us a review because reviews make it that much easier for the next listener to find us as we get bumped up we show up at the top ratings are everything people matt take it away thanks arlington this sponsorship break is brought to you by clean clean is a financial literacy program designed to educate youth in a fun and interactive way through class lessons workshops and web seminars to bring it to a school or organization near you please visit www.financiallyclean.com Two Black Guys with Good Credit is a show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. As we said, we brought in my main man from the West Coast, Tony Barsacchini, who is a realtor in Malibu and the west side of L.A. So, Tony, I know you do a lot of deals. We met a long time ago through the shop, and we've often talked a lot about business. But for those that are hearing you for the first time, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, first and foremost, thanks for having me, everybody. No Uh, problem. No problem. Good to have you. Thank you, guys. 
You got it. You too. So I'm. I grew up in Malibu. Uh, I, my father was a famous architect, so I got. I was experienced at the job sites at an early age. Uh, I started in the business in 2006, and I got in the development end. So I've been on the highs and lows of the economy. I've seen it really high, and I've also seen it crash. Um, in the last year, I've worked with several home buyers, and uh, I basically work with everybody, but. My specialty is helping people park money, and I'm just versed in all types of real estate. Wow, Tony, you're, you're versed in hiding money? I, man, we're going to have to talk about that off the air. I'm trying to lower these taxes as much as I can. Hide, hiding money, more parking money. Basically, yeah. it's slang for investment and investing in a property safely. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. See where his mind goes, Tony? I thought, Tony? This was, I thought we were about to get some goes? Cayman Island accounts, start burying some money in Ireland. <laughs> I, okay. I know I am Italian, but I don't have anything buried in the backyard, and I don't pour concrete at night. Thank you very much. <laughs> I like that one. I like that. Let's get the record straight. Yeah, you're a West Coast Italian. You're not the East yeah. Coast Italian. Yeah, different kind of Italian thing, out you know there. What? The, I, I'm, I'm the low-carb low Southern California Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. We don't want to know you out here, Tony. You. We don't want to know you. We don't want to know well, you, Tony. Stay in the well, West Coast. we do about this time, Dion, the lady with the facts, can you give us a little history on home ownership in America? Well, we have Franklin D. Roosevelt to thank for what home individual home ownership looks like today. I'm not sure if you guys were aware of this. Nope. Um, but during the financial crash of 1929... It basically brought home building to a complete halt, or a near halt. Um, It was President Roosevelt in 1933, just a month after taking office, that he established the Homeowners Loan uh, Corporation. And two months later, he signed the New Deal. Um, So within two years, it had issued over a million dollars in loans. So he refinanced about one-tenth of all the non-farms with long-term fixed-rate mortgages. So before that... All you had were these short-term loans with a balloon payment. I mean, who could afford that? That's why so many people would default, right? Yeah, for right? sure. So with these new long-term fixed-rate mortgages that we know now, it made um, home buying more affordable, more stable, um, and basically laid the foundation for the suburban boom that, um, that took place after the Second World War. So that's really how things took shape. Did I, did I, did I teach you something today, Tony? You know what? May, maybe a little bit with your... Uh which is just your statistics from back in the 30s. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I try to help people in 2017, oh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how the numbers go. Hey, hey, hey. That's okay. I love you guys. Okay, if you want some more recent stats there, Tony, um, home ownership uh, has been on the rise since 2005, according to the census data. Um, on average, people, uh, on average, when 46% of people, uh-huh. for 46% of people owned homes. Good. Now it sits at about 63%. What? That's more business now, for you, Now, interestingly enough... That's a lot. Pe- people are looking. Rate of, right. Mm-hmm. Now, the lowest rate of home ownership is actually in New York. Would, would you have guessed that? Uh, probably, yeah, because the prices are really high and the market is... It's frothy. It's expensive. Yeah. Frothy, he yeah, said. Yeah, makes sense. Frothy. And then... Basically, California comes in second at 54% in terms of the lowest. And then the highest mm-hmm. rates are in Delaware, Iowa, New Hampshire. They sit at about 71%. Cool. Interesting facts. Thank you for that. My pleasure. All right. So let's take this thing in stages. 
We're talking about you want to buy, so you want to buy a house. And this is all for the first time home buyers. So first things first, do you guys agree that to start, you start buying a home by going out there and seeing what's available at various price points in the market? Is that the first step? Tony. Let's take a step back. Let's take a step back. Let's take a step back. I know we, we say that, but I, I try to believe that before we do that, you know, if your credit ain't right, you ain't right. So it's about getting your credit right and about making sure that you're proactive on it by pulling your credit report, seeing if there's any opportunities or anything that needs to be adjusted prior to you going looking for your home. Because so many people, I'm sure Tony will know, of clients that come to him and be like, I didn't know. I didn't know my credit score was only 500. I didn't know I wasn't going to qualify. So I think before you even start looking, Start to really look and see how good your credit is. And you can go to Experian, Equifax, TransUnion, and pull your credit report. And if there's errors in it, like we talked about in our other show, you know, listen to our other last episode um, about how to correct your credit. I'm not going to go into it because we've done it already. But you should correct whatever other things are there before you start looking for a home. And that's it. I'm not saying anything else. I'll let Tony take it. Well, while I did pose that question to Tony, thank you for that answer. (laughs) Tony, what do you think? Is that where we start first with credit? Yes. Thank you for this, guys. Uh, So that is the foundation for everything. Uh, Part two of that is your cash. If you are obtaining a loan, your credit is very important. So getting a loan, there's a myriad of things that affect this. It is your credit score number one, uh, cash number two, and qualifying for the loan number three. Okay, so Tony says phase one, he agrees with Sean, it's about getting your credit right. Yes, and then I'm going to add to that. Um, So the amount of credit you're uh, using relative to your credit limit, so basically your credit utilization ratio, that can sink your credit score too. So keep that in mind. You know, the lower your utilization rate, the higher your score will be. So ideally, uh, first-time home buyers, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, but you would want to have a lot of credit available, right? So they're saying the the standard is about less than a third of your credit should be used, according to mybankrate.com. Right. Uh, Also, you should have a lot of cash available. You should be saving. So that's number one. So your credit score is important, but cash is king. We say that in real estate here, cash is always king. Because when you're when you're looking at something, let's just say hypothetically seven hundred thousand, you have to have at least two to three hundred in reserve to qualify for that loan. So it may not be depending on the down payment, you're gonna have to show two years of taxes, you're gonna have to show a cash account, you're gonna have to show several things uh, in order to get the ball rolling. Okay, Tony, okay. I, I know in New York though, I know in New York we can I've done it myself personally. You can do like ten percent down as a first time home buyer. We don't want to scare. So even at 700000 you may only need 70000 But I think baseline, you should be looking for about 10% down in general to even get the game going. And I know also, too, I have a number of people that work for the city as far as teachers, police officers. There's a lot. And even um, people that were in the Army. There's a lot of great programs for veterans and for um, people that work civil jobs. So you should always look into see whatever, even if whatever company you work for. Government financing, correct. Look for government financing, yeah. Yeah, for a first Correct, correct. So just as for the first time home buyers, don't think that, you know, you may need hundreds of thousands. You could you could depending on what your price threshold is, you could I think twenty thousand, thirty thousand get you in the game I don't know. in the right place. I think your numbers are a little ambitious. I think you know, I'd say double cash is it's very important to tell the first thing you should do is contact your local bank. No pressure situation, where your money is, just ask some very general questions. Can I sit with a loan officer? Can I run the numbers? 
give them a price, kind of run through an example. I'm looking to buy a house at this price. Talk about your situation and you'll get a feel for, for the formula for how much cash it's going to take. And then if you decide to get a government loan, but that's my, that's my first piece of advice. Always deal with the bank first where your money is. There's more incentive motivation and you have a relationship with them. What I want to know is this, and I'm not talking about me literally, but for the first time home buyer, if his credit is good, what does that mean? If his credit is bad, what does that mean? Tony. If your credit is good, then you don't have a lot to worry about. If your credit is bad, then you're going to have to see somebody referred through, probably a realtor, somebody who does loans, and not somebody who does traditional financing, and they're going to give you a phone number of somebody to help you repair your credit. We see that we hear the ads on the radio. We see them on TV, credit, known as credit repair companies. Oh, we did a whole show on that. Well, let me ask you something. Should you wait if your credit is bad? Should you work on it, let it get better before you start this process? Absolutely no. Credit repair takes a long time. It takes, you have to mail letters out. You have to work on bumping up the score. So I would do it right away. No, I, what I mean is, should you wait on the house buying process? Like oh, if yes, I know yes. my score is 600, it doesn't, does it make sense for me to still go out there and look around and try to buy a property? Or should I work on fixing my credit, get it up to like seven, 750, and then get in the market? Sorry for jumping the gun. Yes, hold off on the home buying. Get your credit right first and then reevaluate later. Sean, thoughts? On my end, I, I, I would, well, my thought is, you know, and I'm giving it from totally Tony and everybody listeners understand Tony's giving it to you from a real estate perspective and I'm giving it to you from a buyer's perspective. So sometimes our perspectives may cross the line, but doesn't mean either information is wrong. It's how you want to accept it and look at it in your position. Because I, I would say that um, when it comes to bad credit, I know in America that you can always find a mortgage. It's just about what are you willing to pay to get this mortgage. So basically, if you're, the, worse your, the lower your credit score is, the more you're going to pay in interest and the more you're going to pay in mortgage payments at the end of the day. But sometimes there's great opportunities that I don't think can be missed. And if you think there's something that's a good buy and your credit isn't that great, I'm not suggesting you walk away from it. I'm saying maybe you, you purchase it. And if you can afford the mortgage payment, you go ahead and move forward. But then always look to improve your credit. And hopefully down the road within five years or so, get out of that mortgage and get into a more uh, better mortgage as your credit score goes up. Okay. Sounds, am- sounds amazing. Easier said than done. <laughs> it's an arduous process. I would just say this. Don't walk away from it entirely. Still do your homework. Still keep looking at stuff. That's the way everybody's looking at Zillow. Everyone's looking at Realtor.com. And everyone's looking at Redfin. Yep. Stay in the game. It take, and, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. When I bought my first property, I looked through hundreds of properties before I pulled the trigger. So, you know, staying in the game may take a couple years to really find a pro- property that works for you or maybe to get your credit where you need it to be, where you feel comfortable buying. So if you're looking to buy in the next two, three years, I think you can start now. Make, you know, make it. I looked at property as, a, as an event that was just part of my routine at work when I finished work. My brother would always say, you know, you're, wherever, if, you, if you're working for somebody, that can be your home office. You have access most likely to a computer, to a fax machine, to make calls. So when everybody left and went home, I was at work doing all my real estate stuff till about five, seven, thir- till about 7, 30, 8 o'clock. I'd pull out, print out all the listings that I want to go see. Then I'd go see them the next day. 
And then I, the following day, I'd go back and look at more listings. It was like a routine I had for about a year or two before I finally pulled the trigger. Okay, Papa Trump, let's roll this back. I want you and Tony to go to your neutral corners and follow this procedure <laughs> one step at a time. You guys are having some type of cross-country personal conversation. This show is about first-time buyers. You guys are talking Hold about MLS's loans, wanted. all kinds of stuff. Rocky Marciano versus Floyd Mayweather. I Let's think he wants go. me. To, do you want help? Do you want you looking for a place? Do you need my help? <laughs> yeah. Listen, <laughs> we have to go step by step. So the next thing you guys are saying, okay, if your credit's bad, Tony says hold. Sean says hold. If your credit's good, Tony says you have no problem. Sean says you have no problem. So that's understood. So once you get your credit right, is that the time to go out and start looking at homes? And and should you be looking at homes in various prices or should you just be looking at the, a price point that you think you're comfortable with? Because you truly don't know at this point. I think, yes, all of the above. I think, correct. I think if your credit is good, Continue looking. Set a price for yourself. Your first goal, number one, should be set a price. I'm willing to pay X. So just set a, set a ceiling to it, a height, so you don't overspend. Because we've all been through the economy's ups and downs, and you need money for a rainy day. All right, Sean, you want to weigh in on this? Uh, well, my opinion is when it comes to that, I always tell people, and I know realtors don't like to hear it, I always say I'm not price sensitive, I'm deal sensitive. And I don't like to price myself out of a deal. So I like to give realtors... A, the ex- expectation that there is, you know, nothing I can't afford within reason as long as the price is right. Because I want them to kind of show me their total inventory of product and let me be that decision guy, decide what I can and can't afford. I don't like being capped. I'm not a capped guy. So that's my opinion. So to me, like with anybody, when you have to, when you have to work them, there's some kind of, you have to be strategic. You have to let your realtor know that whatever you can bring me, that's a good deal. I got it. Because whoa, I don't whoa, want the whoa, realtor Daddy Warbucks. What do you mean I've got it? If I'm sitting on $40,000 that I've saved, I don't got it. I got $40,000. So I'm not going to be like, bring me don't a great deal, so I'll take it. A great deal could be a $2 million house that's now going for a mill. If you're sitting on forty k, you're not getting that deal. Yeah, yeah. First you said, don't, don't set a ceiling. Now you're saying, bring me a good deal. You sound like a buy low, sell high kind of guy. <laughs> I may be. That's right. I want yeah, a deal. I'm also going to give you the remember. expectation. And I'm also going to fill your head with the fact that if you bring me a good deal, I got people coming along that are also looking for homes. And make you do your work, make you roll up your sleeve and say, I want the long-term relationship with this client. It's all about being strategic. So I'm going to tell you, yes, get me a good deal. And I have my cousin Lou, my Uncle Sam, Diane, they're all looking for a good place. And that's going to get you hot and riled up and be like, I got to find this guy a deal because I got more business down the road. Okay, while Sean D. Rockefeller is buying up half of Manhattan, what can you as a first-time homebuyer do to educate yourself? on how to actually see value in a home. How do you know if the home you're looking at is worth what they're asking? What are things people can do to educate themselves on that, T? Tony? I think the first thing you should do is start looking on Google. So you get on websites like Realtor.com, Zillow, Redfin. Pick an area that you really like. Look for things that that you can that are, are comfortable to you things that you think qualities in the house that you think are livable that you you can be you can you see yourself living in the house for at least five years is that like bedrooms garage is that that's what you mean livable number of Le- bedrooms number of bathrooms exactly look for a property where you can see your furniture inside of it look for a remodel updated kitchen look for nice flooring I always tell people look for that good remodel and then and then see past the place and and, and look at it to where you can upgrade it later so that's what I said look for a 
place that you really see yourself living in? I am 100% agreeing with you, Tony, on that one, because I know a lot of people that rush to look for a good deal and then they find out their kitchen is in their bathroom. I mean, obviously what I think, I tell people the same thing, you know, especially in New York City, because people will buy in areas they don't want to live in, but they think it's a good deal. Just imagine yourself walking off the train, going into this place, imagine, make sure it's livable space, make sure there's a lot, a lot, the windows that you need, make sure the rooms aren't chopped up in ways that you can't even imagine. Just like what you said is so important because you never know how long you're going to hold this property for. So I agree with you 100%. Make sure it's livable space. That's what I tell everybody as first-time home buyers: Livable space and in an area that you're comfortable Dion, with. Dion, do you have a few tips? I mean, just to help take you know, the, the, some of the fear and intimidation out of what you know, can be a very intimidating and overwhelming process, there are some really great blogs out there as well, um, like fearlesshomebuyer.com that cover topics on financing, um, buying. They also offer classes. Uh, House Logic is another good one. Um, in terms of books, there's Home Buying for Dummies by Eric Tyson. Uh, 100 Questions Every First Time Home Buyer Should Ask. Are there, are there uh, that's dummy why, books for um, like darn near everything nowadays? There pretty much is, you know? Um, so if there's one book that you're going to pick up and hold with you, that would be a good one. And one other one, you're probably going to chuckle, um, but it's In a People House by Dr. Seuss. And really and truly, this is just to say, hey, just a general reminder that this should be fun. You know, don't lose your sense of humor. I feel like Sean wrote that book under a pseudonym. (laughs) (laughs) That's true because uh, the home buying experience is emotional. So I tell people all the time, don't get too emotional because you take people out. I've, I've sold, I can just tell you, two home buyers in the last year, three million plus, and they each spent about one five. And in the beginning, they get really excited. They get really emotional. And every house is the one. And I'm like, no, guys. Mm-hmm. In order to make a deal, you have to be prepared to lose a deal. That's how it goes. So don't get too emotional. If you land one, it's a good time. Get the house. And then take it from there. Congratulations. You did it. I agree with you. I agree with you, Tony. Again, we're on the same page. You know, I always tell people your first home is not your dream home. It's just getting your feet wet. It's your stepping stone. You know, buy what you can afford, buy in the right neighborhood. Your dream home, especially in New York City, is like two or three homes down the road. So don't look at your first home as your dream home. Look at it as something that's practical and that works for you in the moment. All right. So you guys are looking down the road. Dion has given you some great books to consider. My personal favorite is People's House by Dr. Seuss and Home Buying for Dummies. So guys, can we agree at this stage, my credit is good. I know that I need to look for quality elements in the house. Is this when I go out and get that thing known as a pre-approval? Yeah or nay? It depends on you, Tony. Tony, you ready to ring the bell to this round? I am. You ready to ding, go out? Ding, you ready to go to your ding, corner? Ding, ding, ding. I'm, I'm ringing in. I think first thing, yeah, I, I agree. First thing you should is, is find a realtor, talk to your lender, get that pre-approval letter. But remember, a pre-approval is not the same as a pre-qual letter. And when you get into escrow, you need a prequal letter. So if you're really serious... Well, don't be throwing terms like escrow around. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. A pre-approval letter is basically saying, uh, Hi, Mr. Davis, you are qualified. Uh, up to a house, up to, let's just say, 750000 So Mr. Davis says, Oh, my God, I'm so excited. I'm qualified up to seven. I'm rich! Yeah, I'm rich. I'm rich! I got this letter. <laughs> that letter means nothing. <laughs> I'm not rich. 
Because you haven't qualified for the loan. It's very preliminary. You're still in the beginning. So don't get too excited. There's more work to do. That sounds so sad. I was almost there, and then I'm not quite there. Well, you can use Sean. He's, he's, he's a realtor. He works for CB Richard Ellis. I don't know which branch. <laughs> That's why I say, you know, I'm not a big fan of getting the pre-approval right away because, it, to me, it just makes you put you in a situation where you may feel good or you may feel bad. I'm saying in New York City, you don't really need a realtor to go to open houses. You can go online to Cochrane.com, New York Times. You can go to Fillmore and see when they have listed open houses and just go and peek in and see what inventory is out there. Get a feel of what, what brownstones or co-ops, condos, whatever you think is nice. And you know, then once you kind of get a feel of what you like, what you don't like, then I would say then go get your pre-approval. But make real estate, especially in New York City, a thing of like where you're going to have fun with it and where you're going to go look at these great buildings. That's what I say. I agree with you. Don't be discouraged. Get out there and start looking. You got to learn some at some time. <laughs> and I'm going to weigh in here too because um, I, if you do want to have a sense of where you're going on, you know, some kind of compass on, you know, for this map uh, of home buying, um, there are online calculations. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Calculators out there that can help you determine how much house you can afford, right? Bankrate.com, one of my favorite websites, has a great one. Um, and they will help you calculate your debt-to-income ratio, and by calculating your debt-to-income ratio and, and factoring in your uh, down payment, uh, you'll have a good idea of what you can Dion, afford both up front and on a monthly basis. I don't mean to cut you off. Sure. But your debt-to-income, just so everybody understands, the debt is the total amount of expenses that you have on a monthly, yearly basis, and your income is the amount of income you have on a monthly, yearly basis. So it's a ratio of one over the other to determine how much money you have 
to spend. Correct. And pay those credit and those credit cards too. It's those credit cards. Pay those credit cards down, everybody. Because lenders look at credit cards. They look at your American Express. Why are you carrying a balance? Uh, I was working with somebody recently, and he had short pays, so it means he consolidated. He closed and did like a short pay on his credit cards. Very bad. Couldn't get a loan. What's a short pay? So he consolidated his debt. So he owed a lot on American Express. He had to close it down. He consolidated the debt to some other service. On his credit, it shows a closed account, which is bad. Instead of keeping it a zero balance, which is good. Zero balance is very good. So he consolidated the, moved it over to another uh, company. And so it still shows the debt. Uh, it's not completely wiped out. And he has a closed account. So no lender is going to look at that. They're going to say, this guy is not somebody who's going to honor his, his, his loan or his, uh, his credit. So they're going to pass on that person. Wow. Well, there you have it. Like Tony said, just because you get approved for a million doesn't mean you need to buy a million dollar house because pre-approval is not a loan. Matt, take us away. We will be back. Two black guys with good credit. We're talking about so you want to buy a house. Sean, Tony, to your neutral corners, get some water and we'll be back. Thanks, Arlington. This commercial break is brought to you by Canvas Malibu. Canvas Malibu is a boutique and contemporary art gallery located in Malibu, California. At Canvas Malibu, it starts with art, and their curated offering of shoes, apparel, accessories, and art are a definite must-see. Canvas Malibu is located in the Malibu Country Mart or online at canvasmalibu.com. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. We are breaking down home buying step by step. Today's show, you know what it is. So you want to buy a home. And we brought in Malibu Westside realtor Tony Barsacchini to sit in with us. And him and Sean are going at it, people. <laughs> it's not easy out here. East Coast, West Coast. Well, listen, yeah, it's East Coast, West Coast, right, Dion? Yeah, it's getting heated. It's, yeah, it's becoming a knockdown drag out out here. But let's recap. So now you know exactly what you want to buy. It's either going to be a private home or an income property, perhaps. You've done some legwork on your own. You've cruised neighborhoods you've liked. You checked out where friends live. You look for what life elements are important to you, school zones, transportation, um, granite countertops, etc. As Tony has said, you've attended some open houses like Sean suggested. And Sean, I know you can still be... You know, found wandering around in open houses in Brooklyn to this day, drinking up their wine, eating snacks, and kicking <laughs> tires. So what's up with that, man? You're like the king of the open house. Well, like I said, I like going to open houses. Yes, I do. I drink the tea. I drink the tea. I drink the wine. I eat the bit of cheese. Yes, I do. Actually, I'm a vegan now, so I don't eat the cheese, Arlington. But, you know, I, I take the biscuits and I drink the herbal tea. But I would like to say right. that, you know, I believe in going to traditional routes when you're buying your first time home. Like in New York, I always like Craigslist, you know, and then when I list properties and rental properties on Craigslist, it always brings in that that investor that has done his homework and has is looking for a deal and can kind of have, have just, just know what they're doing and they know that, hey, this is a place where I can find an opportunity. And I found a lot of great properties on Craigslist in New York City. And I also like the New York Times, you know, and I also like Fillmore, Cochrane, um, those type of re- traditional routes to look because people always come up to me. Should I buy who's a foreclosure? Who's Who's Cochran? I know Johnny Cochran. Corcoran. Who's Corcoran. 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 It's a real estate Corcoran. website. It's a real estate company in New York City that lists properties for sale. Um, and I always feel that open houses gotcha. give you a feel of the properties and allow you to visually compare, but don't get caught up in the, but don't get caught up in the cosmetics and think that that a property that has a lot of great finishes is a great buy. 
by sometimes a great finishes are done just to disguise the imperfections. So open houses can sometimes be misleading as well. I want people to know. But it's very important to get an engineer to inspect your property to ensure that the mechanicals are sound when you are ready to buy. Tony, do you agree? Open houses, newspapers, websites. Sean seems like he blankets the whole East Coast. I agree. I think do as much homework as you possibly can. I think walk in open houses, check online, read articles, see what the market's doing. And just help educate yourself. So when you walk in to something, if it's right and you're interested, then you know what you're walking into. Yeah. And just to expand on, um, you mentioned online. Uh, they say 2% of home buyers say the first step in the home buying process was looking online for properties. Uh, they said 92% of buyers uh, use the internet in some way to do their home search. Um, you may have heard of MLS, which stands for Multiple Listing of Service. It's what, it's what we live on. It's my go-to. Exactly. So that's a free service, everybody who's listening. And it's a, it's a search by state uh, to find real estate um, that are MLS listings by uh, for sale by realtors and other realtor professionals. MLS is, is geared more for the brokers. So Zillow, Redfin, all these other sites pull from the MLS. So when a broker lists something on the MLS, uh, it automatically ties into all these other websites. So when people are at their computers at night, they're watching their favorite TV show, having dinner, a new listing comes out, MLS is the first thing that generated that. So brokers may have access to more listings than your, you know, than your home buyer who's sitting at home looking on, uh, looking at Zillow or whatever. Sounds like you, Sean. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think what everybody's trying to say is make sure you find the property that's right for you. Get to know where you want to live, as we stated earlier, in the area. Find a place that fits with your lifestyle. It's very important, you know. Separate your wants versus your needs, which we talked about in previous show. One thing I always tell first-time home buyers is don't let your emotions, as we've said time and time again, get the best of you. Think practically. Example, I bought a place in Barbados that I thought was, like, I wanted a big home. I found this home in Barbados that had a big house and two apartments to the, to the side. I was like, this is perfect. I can rent out the big house and live in one of the apartments when I visit Barbados every month. So I really didn't take much note to the big house. I just wanted to say I had a big house, a big crib in the Caribbean, like my getaway place. But when I f- closed and bought the place, I realized that it was hard to rent. See it? And why was it why? hard to rent? <laughs> why was it hard to rent, Sean? Because the building was, cha- was vertically challenged, meaning there was a lot of stairs. And the guy that like built the house for himself, <laughs> he made sure that he didn't want to hear his teenage kids when he was sleeping upstairs. So his house, don't laugh, Tony. Don't laugh. I know now I should have told this story because now you're thinking this guy is full of shoot, right? You got too emotional. Shoot, right? got too okay, emotional. Tony, yeah, I messed up. Yeah, yeah. You, got, you saw the photos. Are you, you excited? You jump up and down. Barbados, tropical, <laughs> rental, Craigslist, out here. Something bad's going to happen if you do all those things. <laughs> so the house was very vertically challenged. So the guy built the house with the understanding that, with the premise that he wants his teenage kids to the bottom and he wants to be upstairs and not be able to hear them at all. So what it meant that, first of all, for you, to, it was a very niche market because you had to be an older guy with kids, basically, to want the house. And you had to be fit because you had like about five levels of stairs you had to go up and down every day. So that was really a really hard individual to find. So I eventually had to break the house up into... Sounds like kidnapper's paradise. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I eventually had to break the house up into three lovely apartments, which I rent now on Airbnb, and they do exceptionally well. 
Casa del Sean de Saint Michael. And if anybody that wants to rent a place in Barbados, call me up. I'm on Airbnb. You know, uh, um, what's the other one? VRBO. Send me an email and I can, you know, offer you a place to stay in Barbados. Hey, beautiful, hey, beautiful. No shameless self plugs here. All right, Tony. So, what do you think are some important things to know? Or, like, what are the best approaches to take when you're searching for this house? Okay. Can we, can we say contact your realtor now? Are we there yet? Whoa, slow down, man. You're trying to put your business card through the microphone? No, I'm just, I'm just saying that when you're out ready to look, you need to schedule some appointments. You can't always see everything that's on open house. So you're going to have to do what's called a private showing. So you're going to have to contract a broker, and you're going to have to say, I have a little window tomorrow. I want to see this house at 1230. And then you just start lining them up. And you can really isolate your search. Okay, Tony, I have a question for you. Is now when you bring in a realtor? <laughs> Gee, I don't know. Should we ask again? <laughs> Tony, I'm feeling like now is the time to bring in a realtor. Okay. Now you can bring a, a real estate expert, and you can choose somebody you like. Sean, do you agree? Yeah, Sean. Sean, are you available from Douglas Elliman, Barbados? <laughs> No, I agree. Now that you've, you've, you've kind of scouted the area, you've gone to a few open houses, know what you like, yeah, bring in a realtor. And sometimes you'll meet that realtor actually at an open house. If you get a good vibe with them, good energy, somebody like Tony that seems approachable, you know, I, you can probably meet that realtor at one of your open houses. And they basically say 87% of buyers use a real estate a- agent in their home search process. I'm not anti-real estate agent. You know, I'm, I'm pro-real estate agent, to be as a matter of fact, because they'll guide you and help you through, through the whole process, especially as a first-time home buyer. To not have an agent as a first-time home buyer, I think, is almost suicidal. So I'm, I'm pro-real estate agent, for the record. I just like to make sure that, you know you still do your homework and find a place that fits you and then bring the real star in the game. All right. The record has been noted, duly noted. Sean is pro realtor. All right. So I have a couple of questions for you guys. Finding a realtor, Tony, best way. Sean, Sean suggested that you could come across a realtor at an open house, but what are some of the tried and true ways to find a realtor? This business is referral. So a lot of people, what most people do is they, they call a family member. They say, hey, mom, hey, dad, uh, or brother, sister, and say, hey, uh, so who did you work with on the house that, that, that you recently purchased? And they'll get the phone number of somebody. They'll see if it's a good working relationship. And you tell them what you want. But he- here's, here's where you really, what really makes them breaks it. They have to get what you want, and they, have, and they have to be willing to do the work. Got you. That totally makes sense. Now, can you use more than one agent? You can. Realtors don't like being shopped, but somebody's always going to outperform the other person. Okay, so will realtors require you be exclusive? I know they don't like being out shop, but are they going to actually require you to be exclusive to them? It depends. What price point? Really? It's all about money. It kind of is. So they want somebody who's going to pick that winner. On the ultra high end, they have a very close relationship with a broker, and so they know that that's their go-to person. It's like their wealth manager. That's their go-to person when they're looking to make a big transaction. Wow. See, this is why it's always great to bring people, to bring guests in on the show. Sorry, not people, guests in on the show, because they add another element. That's an interesting point, Tony. Now, Dion, what is this, statistically, what's the best way that people find their agents? Um, Tony hit it right on the head. So 41% of buyers uh, found their agent through a, um, a referral from a friend or family member. Uh, 12% they said use an agent they had used before to buy or sell a home. So yeah, really it's, it's about talking to your friends and family. 
And Sean, I know you noted for the record that you do like uh, real estate agents, but uh, you have been known to try and get into a deal sans agent. Yeah, but that's when I become a little more experienced in the game and understanding the hustle. But this is about the first time home buyers, so I would suggest that you know, you go with an agent initially, but you don't have to go with one agent, as Tony could say. You can have multiple agents. The right hand doesn't have to know what the left hand is doing. Get your hustle Correct. on. You know, you're not always going to mesh with your agent, and your agent's not always going to exactly find what you want, and they, and they may not get it. And if they don't get it, that's the time when you know when to, to cross them off the list and, and to move on to somebody else. But people have to understand, too, with from just being a little sensitive to realtors. Like, I've seen people look at realtors as they're, like, supposed to be their best friend, almost like their priest. These people are commission-based. You know, they don't have time to, like, rub your shoulders, rub your head if you're not, gonna, if you're not serious. So you have to kind of come into the game understanding that their time is money. I think, Sean, you're, you hit the nail on the head earlier. We are talking about how a, a buyer becomes savvy, how they start to, to educate themselves. They look online. So, so knowledge is, is power. And don't stop doing your homework. And ask your agent questions. This is how you're going to figure out if it's a good match for you or not. If they're not a good match for you, then you can just say to them, How would I know they're not a good match for me? A lot of times a realtor will say, what are you looking for? What's your closest point of reference? They'll ask you a a particular address of a home that you looked at. Did you really like? And and, and a buyer will say, yeah, this is the house I really, really like. I, I didn't have, I wasn't ready at the time. It sold. And so they're looking for that again. And the realtor doesn't pay attention to those details. They just keep sending them, puts them on an automated email list and sends them random listings that don't meet their criterion. I got you. So if they're not paying attention to what your needs are when you lay them out, giant red flag. Giant red flag. And then they'll call and try to schedule showings and just say, did, did you see the things I sent? How could, what, what do you think about it? So you really have to, it's a matchup. You got to find something that the buyer's going to like. He's absolutely right, because I have realtors that'll send me listings in, like, Baltimore. And I'm like, why are you sending me this? Did I tell you I want something in Baltimore? With no explanation, you can tell you're just on a general email listing, and it's not really tailored to you as an individual. So I think Tony's right. Probe them, make sure, get them into your world, and make sure that they're finding places that look for you. And that's why I talked about earlier, you know. As from a hustler's perspective, it's about building leverage, making them. I like to dangle the carrot, dangle the carrot in front of them, make them feel that there's you know a lot of people, you got to refer them big business, and you'll see how much they'll start working with you. And you can't find that in Dr. Seuss. I'm just saying. No, I totally agree. You know, when I bought my first house, I went through the same scenario. I'm a you know, my wife and I are very particular, we were clear on what we were looking for, and we wanted something contemporary. And I ended up going out with this agent and everything she took me to look at looked like it was built in like the 70s with shag carpet (laughs) and stucco (laughs) ceilings. And I after the third time, I was like, listen, I said I wanted contemporary. Does this look contemporary to you? If you can't find contemporary, tell me now and I'll find another agent. And in the end, I dumped her because at the end of the day, I'm not out here to waste time running around with an agent that's not interested in doing what you're looking for, what I was looking for, and subsequently what you're looking for, because it's more confusing, and you don't want to buy what you don't like, and you're not doing them a favor by looking at what you're not interested in buying. Wow, that was emotional. It brings back bad memories. All that yeah. dark shag carpet, no windows. I think one of the houses had like a boar's head on the wall. I was yeah. like, what am I doing here? 
remember, sometimes brokers do this uh, part-time. It's not the full-time job. And, and when you make it in the business, it's the commission comes last. You put the relationship and the client's best interest first. Commission comes last. That's when you've made it. That's when you sell millions of dollars worth of real estate. And that's when you get it. All right. Dion, do we have a mailbag? We do. So Elaine in Winnipeg writes, she's saying here, my agent is not listening to me about what I want. I verbally agree to an exclusive with him, but I feel it's not working. So what would you suggest I do? Tony? Well, verb- she nailed it verbally. It's, it's not in writing, so she can break it. It's not binding. They're not in the middle of negotiations. It's time to move on. She needs her needs needs met. All right, okay. Elaine. Thank you so much for the for writing into the show. Two black guys with good credit. Hit us up. We will be answering your questions on air. Keep it locked. We are talking about so you want to buy a home. We're walking through first time home buyers step by step by step. Two black guys with good credit. Keep it locked, Matt. Thanks, Arlington. Creating career opportunities for yourself is easier than you think. The workplace is changing fast, and BlackFreelance.com will help you build a flexible and profitable freelance business that will change your life. Freelancers around the world are out-earning and out-enjoying their employed counterparts in skill sets like writing, web development, accounting, legal work, and more. You can do the same at BlackFreelance.com, the community-based platform focused on meeting your needs as a Black, independent professional. Organizations of all sizes, from local nonprofits to global Fortune 500 companies are ready and excited to work with independent professionals like you. Whether you want to earn extra money towards retirement or reinvent your career, make that change today at blackfreelance.com. Black guys! So, Tony, what's the best part of your job? The best part of my job is meeting meeting people and seeing properties. Every, everybody has a story. Every time you meet somebody, there's a story. And it, it's, it's almost like you are a therapist. You get to hear their story, how they got there, what they're looking for. And then you get to see the house that they're selling if they decide to go with you. And it, it's, it's very telling. Seeing the house that they've lived in and maybe raised their kids in, it's, it's just uh, it's a fun experience for me because I can get in there and, and make my adjustments and make it happen for them. But also, you get to see some great real estate. And it's a fun and exciting job, and I love it. So let me ask you a question, Tony. All right, well, let me ask you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me ask you a question, Tony. Businessman to businessman. Those commission checks is not the exciting part going to that. I've seen realtors go to closing, and I love their role at closing. Their role at closing is to sit, they collect a check, and they're out. That's not a good feeling to get that check. Come on. The check? It is. Checks are good, but in the... But when you've been in the game for a long time, it almost doesn't, it's almost a not, a, it, it's kind of an unemotional experience. It feels like you're just paying your bills. You don't get excited like, on closing Because you work day? so hard. Uh, you know, because it's a game. So you, you think, okay, I'm, I got that big check. I made 50 large. What am I going to do? And I'm going to go out of town and then I'm going to go lose a couple clients or am I going to deposit it, pay some bills and get a couple clients? So you got to, you got to stay, keep grinding. What? You hear that? West Coast? Keep grinding. Right, my brother from another mother. That was a good answer. Tony's gotta I got to jump I got to go. I got to go sell something in, uh, in a condo in Beverly Hills. <laughs> I know. You got to go. You got to go. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a part of the first half of our show. And our audience expects to see you on the second half. So thanks for being a part of Two Black Guys. With Thank you, credit, Tony. Tony. Thank you, Tony. Tone. Thank you, guys. Love you. And uh, looking forward to part two. All right. All right. Thank you. All right, Tony. Peace out. Matt? Midnight 
nicknightdirect.com is a fast, easy way to shop online. To buy an item from any U.S. website, just go to nicknightdirect.com. That's N-I-C-N-A-T direct.com. Choose your method of payment and we'll ship, handle duties, and deliver your item straight to your door. I'm Sean of nicknightdirect.com and you have my word. My bottom line is real simple this week. Buy what you can afford. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So be smart. My takeaway is your first home is an investment as well as a place to live. You need to treat it as such. Find a place that's livable in an area that you desire and has all the amenities that you want for the short term, not the long term. You don't have to start thinking about granny's retirement space yet in the home, okay? So it's an investment and it's a place to live and treat it as such. That's my takeaway. And remember, guys, be organized. Get prepared. Check your credit score. Use resources. Zillow.com, Bankrate.com. They have great information for first-time home buyers. Books. Books are your friends. Books. Yes. And don't forget, email us your questions at tbgwgc at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Black Guys Good Credit. And remember to leave us a review on iTunes and Stitcher to make it easier for the next person to find us in their search. Like this fabulous listener, Paula Lacey from Austin, Texas, who said, finally, some great advice that finally makes sense to me. I actually, just from listening to your podcast and getting some personal advice from Sean Linda, my credit score went up 20 points. Overnight, it seems. Couldn't have done it without you guys. Keep doing what you do. Thank you, Sean, Arlington, and Dion. Your services are greatly appreciated. Well, Paula, we appreciate you. Thank you, Paula. All right. Well, I'm Arlington, one half of two black guys with good credit, and I'm out of here. And I'm Sean, the better half of two black guys with good credit, and I'm out of here. And like I say every week, your money is your money. And I'm Dion, the lady with the history, the stats, and cold hard facts. And I'm out of here. 